Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go with me to Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Hebrews chapter 11. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. I've been talking here in the last two or three Sundays, on the last two or three Sundays, about the glory of God. And it's necessary to talk about these things because if we don't talk about them, we don't know about them, then we don't know how to respond. Uh, But also pointed out that uh, times when the glory of God has been in manifestation... Uh, for the people that have experienced that, they were really not expecting it. Uh, I talked about the many times Brother Hagen was uh, ministering and, and the glory of the Lord would appear in sometimes the most unusual settings. And uh, it's happened to me like that. And when I, when, when, when I saw the glory of God and was caught up in, in that cloud of glory, I wasn't expecting it. I wasn't doing anything unusual or hadn't been praying or fasting or doing anything you know, special. Uh, but uh, it's one of the ways the Spirit of God manifests himself. And like uh, we've been talking about around here, for several weeks we are the temple of God. And when we, uh, we are called together as a body of people, and when we come together as a local church, we, we uh, make a temple in which God dwells by his Spirit. And if you know anything about the temple of God, all of the different uh, versions of the temple are, 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 are uh, 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 ways the temple of God was, was typified in the tabernacle of Moses and in, the, of course, the uh, temple that Solomon built and the Lord Jesus Christ's life. He was the temple of God. Then the individual believers, the temple of God, and the church is the temple of God. And every one of these uh, uh, manifestations of the temple of God uh, are representations of the temple of God the, it was the will of God for the Spirit to fill the house of God. And so uh, we should expect that when we come together. But we don't have to preach on it all the time. We don't have to talk about it all the time, but we should be aware. And so that's why I preached on that. I want to change gears today and go into a, uh, along a different line. Several weeks ago, the Lord dealt with me on, on this subject. And uh, he said, it's time to, to, to have a faith tune-up. A faith tune-up. You know, your automobile has to have a tune-up every now and then. Isn't that right? Or, or it won't run right if you don't tune it up every now and then. Uh, your computer has to have a tune-up every now and then. Your tablet and your phone that you're holding in your lap this morning uh, has to have a tune-up every now and then. You have to have these upgrades. Isn't that right? Because it, it has to be tuned up. Uh, your marriage needs a tune-up every now and then. Your haircut needs a tune-up every now and then. Everything that, that is alive and that you use has to be tuned up. Isn't that right? Well, faith is the same way. If your faith isn't tuned up on a regular basis, if you don't, get, if you don't tune your faith up, if you don't bring it back up to the place it's supposed to be, it won't function like it should. Faith is a, is a real thing. Faith isn't an abstract. Faith is is, uh, uh, a force that comes from God. It originates 
in God. It is of God. Jesus said, have the faith of God. God is a God of faith. So when we're talking about faith, we're talking about Bible faith. We're talking about the God kind of faith. We're talking about the faith that comes from God. It is a real force. It's not just an idea. It's not just a, a, a feeling or some type of an abstract concept. It's, it's a real thing. Jesus, went, the Bible says that when, when uh, the, the four men brought the man up on the roof, remember that story, you know, where they broke up the tile and let the man down? It said when Jesus saw their faith. Now, I understand that, that, that he saw the outworking of, the faith, of their faith. In other words, he could see their faith by their actions. But I'm not completely convinced that he didn't actually see their faith because faith is a force. It's real. It, 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 uh, it, it, in, it inhabits people. You can have great faith. You can have uh, small faith. Jesus talked about different levels of faith. So faith is measurable, it's discernible. You, can, you might not be able to see it with your eyes, but you can see faith in action. And we know Jesus saw it in action, but I'm not sure that, that he didn't actually visualize it and actually see their faith. Because it says when he saw their faith. I mean, he didn't say when he saw the working of their faith, he said when he saw their faith. So, um, you know, I believe it's probably true both ways. Uh, so we do need to tune our faith up. Because in Hebrews chapter 11 here, verse number six says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. This scripture says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. It's impossible. So if we're going to please God, we're going to have to, to have. Now, if, if it says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. I'm sure you all understand that he's talking about strong faith. Because Jesus was not pleased with weak faith. He said, oh, you of, of small faith, little faith, no faith. In none of those situations was Jesus passing a compliment so Jesus was now it's interesting Jesus was never critical of anybody for being in need he was never critical of anybody's situation their need he was never critical of anybody that was sick anybody that was in bondage he was never even critical of anybody bound by sin he told the woman neither do I condemn you Go and sin no more. Jesus did not rebuke people because of their, even their sin or their problems, but he did rebuke people for their unbelief. Even, and it can happen to anybody. See, faith is, is, you can have strong faith in one area and have weak faith in another area. Now, the disciples, you know they believed on him. I mean, they weren't born again when they were with Jesus in the sense that, that uh, we are. They weren't saved, you know, experienced the new birth because Jesus hadn't gone to the cross yet and it wasn't available. But in practical terms, they were believers. And yet, when he was raised from the dead, Mary came and told them and they didn't, they didn't believe her. 
And when he appeared to them, he rebuked them for their unbelief. So Jesus was, was highly critical of, of unbelief and of weak faith. So when the Bible says without faith it's impossible to please God, he's talking about without strong faith, without functioning faith. So weak faith doesn't please God. And we don't have to have weak faith. We, we want to please God in everything we do. The natural state of man, man in his natural state is, has two big problems. Number one, natural man is sinful. Romans says that, that have all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that's a big problem. Natural man is, the Bible describes, him, describes the natural man as sold under sin. The second problem natural man have, has is he's full of unbelief. The natural man is full of unbelief. In fact, go with me to First uh, Thessalonians. I think it's the second chapter. Go to First Thessalonians. Let's look and see. Second, excuse me, Second Thessalonians, chapter two. Verse nine says, "The coming of the lawless one." This is at the uh, beginning of the tribulation period. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Why? Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness or in their sin. It says here that because men did not believe the truth, they didn't believe the gospel, they're going to perish. They would rather, have, they would rather walk in their own ways that's, that's the problem with natural man. He wants to do it his own way. He wants to go his own way. He wants to define life in his own terms. He wants to have it his own way. He wants to, he wants to be in control of his life. And, God, and God, God allows people to do this. He allows people to walk in their own ways and after the counsel of their own heart. But he gives them the truth and gives them the opportunity to believe the truth. And that's what faith is. Faith is believing God. When a sinner hears the gospel and makes a decision to receive it, to receive the love of the truth, to receive the, the truth of the gospel and to act on that. When that sinner does that, what he's doing is he's, he's making a decision to no longer believe in himself, in his own self-righteousness, his own ability to make himself right with God. He has to lay down his ways in order to go God's way. That's what faith does. Faith lays down its own faith lays down, man who operates in faith must lay down his own ways in order to go in God's way. And that's what pleases God. 
when we take him at his word and have and and actually believe what he says when it doesn't necessarily look like what he says is true. Amen. I know people who have said to me, I would like to believe the Bible. I really would. I'd like to believe it. I see you Christians and, uh, and, and I can see the, the benefit of, of the Christian life. You live, you live good lives and, and, uh, and, and there's much to, to commend what you have. If I could just believe, I just don't believe. I just don't have faith. Well, the fact of the matter is they're not willing to lay down their own ways and to believe the truth. Because when you hear the truth, you have the ability to believe it. You, 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 depending on how stubborn you are, you might not have the inclination to believe it, but you have the, you have the ability to believe it. When I came back to the Lord after being backslidden for, for many years, when I came back to the Lord, I just made a decision. And my decision was partly based on how miserable I was. And I, I, I just looked at the way I was going and the way I had it figured out and the way my, what my plans were producing in my life. And it, they weren't working very well and I, and I could see the direction they were going and I, I could see it wasn't gonna get better. My trajectory was not a good trajectory. I wasn't, I wasn't ascending anywhere. I could see myself that I was just going right off the deep end. And none of my friends were willing to get off of that trajectory. They were sold out to, to this lifestyle. And I decided, you know what, this doesn't look real good. And I had a lot of questions about the Bible. I had a lot of questions. I was just really, just, you know, kind of torn. I had a, to be frank with you, I had a lot of, of unbelieving thoughts. I had a lot of unbelieving uh, uh, ideas. And I had developed philosophies that were contrary to the Bible that I, that I really had done my best to convince myself of. And it was a decision on my part. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm really persuaded along this line, but I am going to lay this aside because the gospel sounds so good. It, it promises so much. Jesus promises so much. I choose to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I choose to believe I wasn't, I wasn't altogether convinced in my mind, but there was something going on in my heart. There was a, the, the Holy Spirit was working on my inward man. And as I heard the gospel, faith came. And it came into my heart, but I, I still wasn't changed. I had to act on that. I had to make a decision. I'm just gonna believe it. And, and when I did it, I knew what it was gonna cost me. I knew it would likely cost me all of my friends. I knew it would cost me uh, my, my whole lifestyle. I, I knew when I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, I was gonna have to lay aside my whole life because everything I did and everything I was about and everything, the direction I was going and all of the things I were involved with, none of it was good. None of it was wholesome. None of it was honoring God. 
And I realized this isn't just a, a, an idea I'm taking hold of. I'm making a commitment to something that I believe is true. Oh boy, when I made that decision, it cost me all of those things. But you know, when, it, when that happened, it wasn't painful. It wasn't painful at all because what I didn't realize is I picked up another whole life. I mean, I, I took up overnight, I took up such joy, such assurance, such peace on the inside. And at the time, I didn't know anybody but people from a previous church life. I mean, I knew, still knew some of those people, but I hadn't been around them in years. So I knew people like, but as far as my, my constant companions, I didn't have one single person. I did this by myself in a hotel room. But instantly, I was, I was given the, the joy of the Lord and the peace of God. Now, the thoughts of the other life did not go away right away. They, I was still aware of of those things, but the joy of the Lord was more powerful. The peace of God was more powerful. And within just a, a short period of time, and it could have been shorter, except for my hard-headedness, within a very short period of time, I, I, I was given another whole life another whole set of friends, another whole set of, 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 of people to fellowship with and my, my new life was so much richer than my old life. But at the time I made the decision to believe God, I didn't see that, I, I didn't. The old life was looming really big but I decided to believe God. That's what faith does. Faith takes God at its word, at his word. In the face of everything that looks contradictory, in the face of everything that is screaming out, this isn't so, this isn't what you know to be true. Faith says, you know what? I believe the Bible. I believe it's the word of God. And I'm gonna throw everything I have into what this book says. And it, it could be on, on any subject. It could be on salvation, like we're talking. That's what you did. Isn't that what each one of you did? You made a decision to cut off the old life and all of its reality and say, nope, I'm gonna believe this. I'm gonna believe the Bible. And you really didn't have any other evidence except a witness in your heart that God was giving you that, yeah, you need to do this. You didn't have any other evidence. I've never, I've never known anybody that went to heaven and came back and told me about it. I, I, I've never seen, to this day, I haven't seen Jesus. He's, he's almost appeared. His, his presence has been very powerful where I could reach out and touch him. But I've, I've not, I can't say that I've seen him and so as far as natural evidence goes, none of us really have a lot of natural evidence of God. Of course, we've got a spiritual evidence. See, the Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. 
If, if we can take what we do in salvation and apply it to everything else in life, we will be faith giants. Because faith is the same on every level. It's the same in every, in every endeavor. In other words, whatever it is your, your God is offering, the principles of laying hold of those things are exactly the same as they are in salvation. And we are believers. How many believers we have today? Yeah, we're all believers. See, we have all exercised, if you're a Christian, you have exercised this kind of faith. Jesus said, have the God kind of faith. If you're born again, you've exercised that faith. Well, we can apply that faith in every area of our life. But you know, faith didn't come uh, faith didn't just come on its own. I didn't, I didn't just wake up one morning in my sin life, in my wayward life, I didn't just wake up one morning with faith. God didn't just come over, you know, and come down low, swing low, sweet chariot, you know, and just, you know, shine a light on me and give me faith. That, that didn't happen. In Romans chapter 10, we're told how I got faith. Romans chapter 10 will tell you exactly how I got faith. Romans chapter 10. Verse 17 says, so then, faith, well, let's back up. Verse number 14, how then shall they call on him and whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? And thank God our church is sending preachers Amen. all over the world. Praise God. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing the word. Actually, the, the, the hearing there is the same word for report. When it says in the previous verse, Lord, who has believed our, our report? In the original Greek, this says, so then faith comes by the report. Faith comes by the report. I was alone in a hotel room and I was listening to Billy Graham on the, on the uh, television. Now, the reason I was listening to Billy Graham is previous to that, uh, when, I, when I went to, to this particular town, I was on transfer and working you know, five days a week out of town and, and uh, I'd been dealing drugs out of my motel. It wasn't, you couldn't call, call this a hotel room. It was a motel. You remember motels? It was a motel. And, you know, a little dive. And uh, my partner and I, we were dealing drugs out of this one motel. And he got transferred away. And so it left me by myself. And so I'm, I'm sitting in this room. And I had been struggling for, for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, trying to, to, I was on a quest to prove that the Bible was a lie. That the whole Christian faith was a lie. Everything I'd been taught as a kid was a lie. And so I, I was going through my Bible, and uh, it, was a, it was a Gideon's Bible. I didn't have a Bible. 
but I had a Gideon's Bible. It was in the drawer by the bed. I got it out and I was looking at it. And I turned on the TV and here I'm sitting, God set me up. I'm sitting here with a Gideon's Bible, not marked up, you know, or anything, just a plain old Gideon's bare bone Bible, you know. No, not a reference Bible, no notes in it, you know. And, uh, and I turned on the television and Billy Graham was on the television. I'm sitting there with a Bible in my lap and Billy Graham's on the television. And you know what I heard? I heard the report. Faith came by the report. I heard the report. I had someone on television instructing me where to turn in my Bible. <laughs> Here I am, a drug dealer. I'm sitting in a, in a motel room with a Bible on my lap that I hadn't touched in years since I was a kid. And, I'm, and I've got it open and to turn on the television, there's a man telling me where to read. And he gave me the report of the Lord. And when he did, faith came. Faith came. It wasn't there until the report came. When the report came, faith came. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Now I'm going to tell you this. Faith doesn't come any other way. Now, with the exception of the gift, there is a spiritual gift, one of the nine manifestations of the Spirit called the gift of faith. Uh, we like the Amplified Bible describes it as the gift of special faith. All Bible faith comes from God. In essence, it's all the same. It's taking God at his word. Faith is faith. The, but the difference in special faith is it's not available until the Lord wills it. It's as the Spirit wills. And so uh, you can't just have the gift of faith unless the Spirit wills. But that couldn't be what this is talking about because if that's true, then the only people who could please God would be those that the Spirit gave the special gift of faith to. So this isn't talking about uh, special faith. This is talking about ordinary faith, everyday faith. Everyday ordinary faith saved my life. Turn my life around. I mean, turn me around. I drove down to that, to that town earlier in that week, a complete failure. I came home that Friday afternoon. I was a new man. I didn't look a lot different, but I was a new man on the inside. Why? Because faith came. And like I said, this is the only way faith, faith doesn't, come any other way except by hearing the word of God. Now, now we all know that. We agree with that. But do we really think about it very much? If faith doesn't come any other way than hearing the word of God, then faith doesn't come by the ordinary affairs of life. Your everyday life doesn't produce any faith. I'm talking when I say ordinary, the, the things of this life, they don't produce any faith. Going to work and working a career, a job, there's, doesn't produce any faith. Going to school, doesn't unless you're, unless you're in Bible school, going to school doesn't produce any faith. Raising children doesn't produce any faith. 
going about your ordinary life, just the things that you have to do every day. None of the things you do produces faith except this. Hearing the word of God. Think about how many things you do. Think about all the things that are necessary in this life that we do. None of them produces faith except this. Then ask yourself this question. How much, how much do I take advantage of this? Think about all the other things you do, all of the things you have to do. You have to plan for your family. You have to take care of your family. If you're a parent, you have to take care of your children. You have to prepare for their, for, for their lives. You have to take care of your house. You have to take care of your automobile. You have, to, you have to take care of your body. Think about all the things that we're involved in every day that take our time and our effort, and they're required. I mean, you can't just let them go. And there's not an ounce of faith coming from any of them. Not one degree of faith coming from any of them. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing. It's the only way it comes. Then how important is it that we set aside just a little bit of time? How important is it that we make a, a concerted effort because if you don't make an, an effort, if you don't make a time, if you, I'm not talking about spending hours, I'm just saying if you don't do something with your life and grab it by the horns and say, hold on for a minute, I'm gonna get me some faith. I'm gonna get me some faith for today. If you don't do that, you're not getting any faith. And, and faith is not static. Faith doesn't just come and abide. You know, like a self-empowering inferno of some kind, you know, a dynamo that just sort of produces itself and refurbishes. Faith is not like that. Because we see Jesus talked about great faith, little faith, weak faith, strong faith, no faith. Well, faith is, is measurable. And, and Jesus was, was not endorsing the low level of faith. He was endorsing the high level of faith and that's what this is talking about. This is talking about having the God kind of faith and pleasing God. Well, if I'm gonna please God, I, like I said, I'm gonna have to take something, I'm gonna have to make an, uh, an effort, I'm gonna have to carve out a time, a a. a, 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 a I'm going to have to carve out an activity, a segment of my life, my daily life. I'm going to have to carve that out and say, this is where I get faith. I'm getting faith right now. I'm not going to get, I'm not getting Cheerios right now. I'm getting faith. I'm not getting waffles. I'm getting faith. I'm not getting, I'm not getting auto parts. I'm getting faith. I'm not getting, are you listening to me? I'm not doing other things. I'm getting me some faith. Because if I don't do it, I won't have any. Faith is not static. It has to be, uh, it has to be refurbished. How did I write that down? I didn't. Oh, yeah, I did. 
<laughs> Faith requires attention. And it requires intentional attention. It requires intentional attention. It requires maintenance. It requires maintenance. I, I used to say it like this. Faith is like a commodity. I'm, I'm having to change. You know, you, you, you grow and you see some things a little differently. Is that true? I used to say, Steve said, I hope so. I used to say it like this. Faith is a commodity and you use it and you have to replenish it. I, I, I don't really think that's the best way of saying that because the more I use my faith, the stronger it gets. No, what causes faith to, to diminish is not maintaining it. Faith has to be maintained. If you don't maintain it, it will grow weak because the things, because faith is a, is a commodity. And, and this scripture here says that faith comes by hearing and hearing. Did you see that? Verse number 17, so then faith comes by hearing or faith comes by the report and the report by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and you could go on and on and on. You could say hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. And if, and if, we're, not, if we're not often hearing, then we're not gonna have strong faith. And just like you're automobile, if it's not maintained, it won't, it won't, you'll get in it one day and it'll fail you. And if you're just going to across the street or somewhere close by and it fails, that's not such a big deal. But if you're out, you know, away from home somewhere and it's in the middle of the night, and you really need that automobile. It's really important that that automobile gets you where you, and it fails then. It can cost you a lot. It's very, it's very bad. Opportunities come our way in life that we need our faith. We need it. We need it all the time. But sometimes the stakes are higher than they are at other times. If, I, if we're going to, if, if our faith is going to be ready when, when the, the real uh, demand is put on it, faith is going to be ready when the real demand is put on it, we're going to have to maintain it. Then why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we carve out a, 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 a portion of time? And, and the focus here, I wish there was another way of saying that other than time, because it's not, it's not a, a, a number of seconds or minutes. That's, that's not what I'm getting at. If, it, why wouldn't we carve out an opportunity every day to make sure we're getting faith? Make sure faith is coming to us, coming to us, coming to us every day. You, 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 we stop at the, at the, at the, at the uh, gasoline station and we fill our cars up before we even need it. Well, most of the time. <laughs> if you wait too long, you can be walking. Yeah, right? 
But you, as a usual thing, we, we, we stop because, and we fill up before we need it because we don't want to run out. We don't want to have an, a, a, a gasoline failure. And so we go there and we, and we keep that tank maintained. And if we know something is, is ahead that is uh, going to require a lot of gasoline, we keep the tank topped up. Isn't that right? We have to maintain our faith life. And I'm going to tell you, you never know when the crisis of life will come. The crisis of life come to everybody. They come to everybody. I'll say that again. The crisis of life, crises of life, come to everybody. And it's just a matter of time. And you don't know when those things, sometimes you don't know. Most of the time you don't know when those things are going to happen. And that's not, the, that's not the best time to be looking for faith. If, if you're suddenly called on, now this is not so, so true today, is it? Because we have 24-hour everything. But I remember a time, you know, when I was younger when everything was closed at night. And if you got an emergency phone call, you know, at, at 11 o'clock at night, you've suddenly got to drive 200 miles. If you don't have tank, you know, if you don't have enough gas in your car, you've you got a problem because you're not going to find any gas. It's what it used to be. It's not that way now, so it's not a great example, so I'm sorry, but <laughs> take me back a little while and it'll be a good example. What I'm saying is where, where faith is concerned, you, you, you need to be refurbishing this. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And in, in, in order to partake of any of God's blessings, you have to believe and act in the provision God has made for that blessing. It's the same for salvation, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you need wisdom, the Bible says, ask in faith. If it's, if it's health, if it's prosperity, any blessing that you require and that you need that God offers, he offers it on one basis. He offers it on one basis. It's all by faith. When you, when you, when you couple the idea that faith only comes doesn't come by most, it, faith doesn't come by 99.9% .9 of all the things you do every day. The vast majority of all the stuff you do, everything, produces no faith. It only comes from getting into the word of God. Then you couple that idea, that truth, to the fact that all of the blessings of God come by faith. They don't, the blessings of the Lord don't come to people because it's the will of God. The blessings of the Lord don't, they, well, they're available because of the will of God, but people don't access the blessings of God because it's God's will. They access it because they exercised faith. So you're not going, we can't enjoy anything God has without faith and, there's, and, and most of what we do doesn't produce it. That tells me I need to spend a little more time doing this. 
Isn't that right? Doing this, getting into this, and, and, and it doesn't take it doesn't take that much time. So we'll talk about time for a minute. It doesn't take that much time. At first, it'll take you a little bit of time. At first, it will. To sort of get on, on get your, your, your mind renewed and to get your spirit man, you know, you have to prime this thing. If there's no water in a pump, you gotta, you gotta work this thing a little bit to get some water in that, right? But once you get water flowing, it, it's easy to maintain that. Faith is, sim is similar in the sense if you're real low in faith and you haven't fed your faith and you've been listening to sense knowledge and circumstances and that's been driving you crazy and you've been whining and, and crying and complaining and talking doubt and unbelief for six months, you, you start trying to get you some faith, you're going to have to prime that thing a little bit. Okay, you're just going to have to. And it's going to take you a little bit of time, but I'm telling you, it's right here. If you'll do it and you'll stay in it, this faith will start, it'll start rising. It'll start coming up. Glory to God. It'll start coming up. And, and, and once that happens, you can maintain that, but you have to maintain it. Well, praise the Lord. We'll talk about, a, a little bit more about tuning our faith up next time. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.